It's good to be here, amen? <clears throat> wow. I'm just so grateful for uh, this church, for the goodness of God, and us getting to experience that here together, amen? Mm, it's beautiful. Glad to have Buddy Jones playing some bass on for us over here again. <clears throat> Man, good to have him and Paula back with us. I see you, Paula. Yeah, it's good. I just need to take a little breath to take all that in, just the goodness of God. Mm. You know, <clears throat> the gospel in the New Testament is sometimes referred to as, uh, as us having the hope of the gospel that with this good news, there is great hope that as we live it, there is a better future than there was for our past. That what is ahead is intended to be greater, better, more joyful than what we ever knew in the past. It's the hope of the gospel. It's what keeps us looking forward. It's what gives me faith. It's what keeps my eyes ahead and not behind. It keeps me looking out the windshield and not always staring in the rearview mirror. Amen? <clears throat> because as people of faith, as those who have been born again, we have been resuscitated by the very breath of God. When you and I were dead in our sin, when we were stuck in our guilt, when we were buried in our shame, in rejection, in isolation, in panic, in despair, in discouragement, in depression, the gospel came and Jesus breathed and you came alive. Your spirit that did not know the peace of God came alive in that moment and you took your first spiritual breath and you breathed in the goodness of God. The great news is, it was not a one-time breath. It set you in motion, in pattern, to be alive and to continue to breathe and to take in his goodness and be transformed from who you were to who he's called you to be. And you continue to breathe and breathe and breathe and breathe. Amen? This is what he's called us to. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. It's another word for my words are breath and life. If you will breathe them in, they will change you. They will transform you. You will not be like you were. And he invites us to that kind of breathing and change. I'm grateful. There are times that I wish I had the strength of my 20-year-old self. But I am grateful that I'm at a different place spiritually than I was when I was 20 years old. I'm grateful for 20. But I like 57 a lot better at where I am in the Lord. God has called us to something greater. And we find in the New Testament encouragement and truth that tells us life in him is a, is a process of change. And we shouldn't look like we used to look. 
Romans 6 says, Our old man, who we were, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. There should be something different happening in my life. I'm not a slave to what I once was. I don't cower to the appetites that once drove me. Romans 5.24, those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. 1 John 5.18, everyone who has been born of God does not continue in sin. You don't keep living the way you used to. There's a difference. A transformation has happened. I don't mean you reach a place of perfection this side of heaven. That's reserved for heaven. That's the place there where you experience body glorified, spirit renewed fully, completely before the presence of God. But here in this life, if you are a child of God, there ought to be a striking difference between who you are today and who you were before. If there is something that is keeping you stuck, if you are the same person spiritually now that you were 10 years ago, five years ago, a year ago, six months ago, you get nervous yet? Three months ago, a week ago, yesterday, if you're not in the process of change, you need to stop and evaluate your spiritual health because something is not right. God is in the process of conforming you to the image of his son. He is all about that. He's arranging every event in your life He's put his spirit within you that has a passion for that. And so the result ought to be transformation. It ought to be change. He's built you for that. And if that's not happening, you've got to stop and ask yourself, what is preventing me from changing into the image of Christ? Now, we start pretty pointed this morning, but that's what, that's what God's Word does. It just pokes and prods and points and shows us Jesus and says, come on, let's go. We got, we got work to do. I got life to give you. Stop hanging out in your past. Stop hanging out in yourself. Get rid of those doubts. Get rid of those uncertainties. Grab a hold and let's go. Now, God has designed our physical body to be a picture of so many truths of who we are in Christ. In Romans, Paul referred to our old life as our old man. That's not talking about your dad. That's talking about you, who you were. <clears throat> and it refers to us as a new man in Christ. We are to be someone new and we are someone new. And there ought to be transformation, change, healing, restoration 
redemption of our lives. So God has built into our physical body systems that are made to heal and restore when there's been sickness, disease, or injury. I'm grateful for that. I'm glad that God has built our physical body to have a way that it heals. I'm glad God has built into our physical body systems that can prevent us from being sick. You have an immune system. God has designed your body to function that way. It's designed to protect you from illness, infection, disease, viruses. And if your immune system is healthy, you will be able to fight off those infections and bacteria and things that enter your body. It's fascinating because part of your immune system is uh, based on your white blood cells. The white blood cells are those that fight infection. They protect you and they bring healing as well. And they travel throughout our body through another system that God's created called the lymphatic system. You'll recognize the term lymph nodes within your body. This lymphatic system is like a series of highways that move lymph fluid with the white blood cells throughout the body to go to where there is infection, bacteria, virus, and there the white blood cells do their work. They go to work fighting. They go to work healing. They go to work preventing you from being sick. I'm grateful for an immune system, especially with all that's happening in our world today. We need some stronger immune systems. Amen. And what's fascinating is this lymph fluid that is necessary to move throughout our body. It doesn't have something like the heart that pumps blood. Your heart pumps blood throughout your body, but this lymph fluid L-Y-M-P-H, fluid, the way it moves throughout your body is through two actions that your body takes. One is activity, exercise, walking. When you walk, you are producing almost like a pump system within your body The ability for it to move the lymph fluid around. It sends it from your legs to your arms to your neck to your back. Activity is one. Guess what the second way is that God has designed your body to be the pump that sends lymph fluid throughout your body. Breathing. You guessed it. When you are active and you are walking... And when you learn how to take deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Are you practicing that right now? Yeah. My kids tell me, every Sunday we sit in church, I start focusing on my breathing. Make sure I'm breathing right. Hey, if you're breathing deeply, you are activating your lymphatic system. 
There is healing in breathing deeply. Come on now. That's a, that's a physical truth, and you're going to find today, we're going to find together in Scripture that that's a powerful spiritual truth. Your body's immune system is directly tied to your breathing. If you have shallow breath, if you don't take deep breaths, you will have a slow-moving, weak immune system. If you are not active, if you are not helping your body's immune system push the lymphatic, healing, protective power throughout your body, you will find yourself potentially more sick. I don't want to be more sick. I've been sick. I don't like it. I want to know how to have a strong immune system. But what God has put in place for us physically is only a picture of an even greater spiritual truth. God wants us as his people to have strong spiritual immune systems so that I, you, us, we recognize temptation when it comes and I'm able to recognize it, respond to it and say, get thee behind me. I have nothing to do with you to recognize when there's an appetite or urge coming up from within me that is not godly and to be able to say to it, hold up, you're not from God. I'm not listening to you anymore. But if you don't have a strong spiritual immune system, you'll give in to every urge because you're just in the accustomed fashion of just listening to every appetite. Hmm. If an urge comes up, you just walk in it. If a feeling happens, which this is where the world lives today, if you get a feeling, it has to be right. I'll do what I want because it feels right. Don't tell me I can't do what feels right to me. I can tell you that because God's word is objective, finalized truth, and it determines what's right and wrong, not your feelings. So, You and I need to have strong spiritual immune systems. God has designed our physical body so that activity, walking, and breathing activates the physical immune system. Today, our message is called Boost Your Immune System. And I'm talking about spiritually although there's going to be some physical applications. Today, one verse. Mm, Trust me. Galatians 5, 16. In this verse, we will see how God will put together what I've described to you physically and what it means spiritually so that you start walking in less sin than you used to walk in. So that you walk in greater victory than you used to walk in. So that you walk, you walk in the power of defeating temptation, overcoming sin, and having a stronger spiritual immune system. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the spirit. Activity with the breathing 
And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Ooh. Isn't God good, creative, wise, and a masterful engineer? He designed our body so that our physical immune system would be strengthened when we walk and when we breathe. You want to accentuate and boost your spiritual immune system? You want to overcome temptation? You want to defeat some sin in your life? You want to sin less than you used to? You want to be different than you used to? Then you walk, be active in the spirit, breathing in. And when you do this, you will not fulfill, you will not act on, you will not give in to every urge, appetite, feeling, and desire you have that comes from the flesh. Amen. This is what you and I are called to walk in. This is what our lives ought to look like. We ought to be different than we were. So let's take this one verse and we're going to break it down. And I mean break it down. Let's start with the first word, walk. If you want to strengthen your spiritual immune system, you want to be an overcomer, you want to get past just playing spiritual games, you want to get past just attending church on Sunday because it's another thing you do in the week, you want to truly have a life that's lived for Christ, experiencing the reality of the Spirit of God in your life, it starts with being active in living out Scripture. And that's what Paul means when he says, walk, walk. Leave where you were and go somewhere. If you're walking, you are leaving where you were. This is me standing. This is me walking. Hello? This is me standing in one spot. This is me leaving where I have been, not knowing where I'm going. In fact, your body is this unbelievable design of balance and faith. Because you take a step out, you're hanging out there on one foot. You slow it down, really. It's like, one foot? Where are we going? Oh, right here? Great. Are you going to follow? Yes. Okay, let's go. And it's just one series of faith, confidence. Faith, confidence. Uh-oh, step, faith, confidence. Here I go, right? Walking, movement, change, leaving where I've been, going somewhere new, living out my faith. You weren't called to just static faith. There was a day you were born again. Awesome. Good. But that was just the first breath of, of many, 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 many you were intended to breathe so that you walk out this faith, so that you begin to live it, so that you apply it in your marriage. You live it out with your spouse. You start living out the laying down your life for one another. You start living out the submitting to one another. And you start doing this by faith. You put it into practice. You live out what God has said to you. You start living this out as you're raising your children. You start praying and asking God, God, how do you want me to raise my children? What school setting do you want them to be in? I'm not going to do what everybody else does. I'm not going to do what the world tells me to do. I'm going to do what you tell me to do, whatever form that might take. Amen? And I applaud parents for whatever the decision they make about how they're going to educate their children 
if they tell me they're doing so out of faith. Don't do it because it's always been done a certain way. Don't do it because it's what you did. Do it because you prayed, sought the Lord, did your homework, did your research, and found out this is what God wants us to do. Walk it out in how you spend your money, in where it goes, how you use your time, what you put, what God has provided for you into play. Where does it go? Is it used for God's kingdom? Is it used for God's purposes? You live it out, you walk it out in how you respond to that last person that hurt you. You put it into practice. You put your faith into play. You walk it out. You're called to forgive, so you walk out forgiveness. You put it into place as you use your, king, your home to build the kingdom. Not your home to just be your castle. Because God gave it to you that you might use it for advancing his kingdom. And you put this into faith, you walk it out. You walk out faith in your life. You go somewhere, you leave where you've been to go somewhere you haven't, you follow Christ in it. You, you use faith, you walk it out in knowing how to interpret the news. Hello? I hope you are not listening to the daily broadcast of news and sucking it all down like you assume it's truth. I hope you're running whatever you hear, see, or read through God's word and wisdom to understand what is true. Don't be drug along. Be one who stands and walks in faith Believe in what God says is true, not what media says is true. Use your faith to understand what's happening in the culture today. Don't buy it just because they sell it. Mm. You see, I like going to the state fair, but there's a section of the state fair I don't like going down. It's the midway. Those games are rip. And unless you know the trick, you're gonna get ripped. You think you're gonna spend a couple of bucks and win that big old teddy bear. But most people are spending more money in hopes of winning the teddy bear than what the teddy bears even were to begin with. They got you. If you're flipping the dial, cruising the internet, and you're buying what the media is selling today? You are a sucker at the carnival and the state fair. You're walking away with a big old stuffed teddy. And it just, it's, a, it's just, it's gross. You're going home, putting that thing up all proud of it. And all you got is a bunch of stuffing that means nothing. You better, you better listen today with faith. Walk it out. If you're not walking it out, you'll be taken out by their lies. You got to walk out your faith today. You got to know how to walk it out in the face of excessive government overreach. If you're not listening to what God says, if you're not holding on to what Scripture says, they're going to come drag you away one day and you'll go along willingly think, well, it's what they said I ought to do. 
Come on now. Let's walk out our faith. Let's not walk out our fears. Let's not walk out foolishness. Let's stand up in who we are and let's walk this stuff out. We better be active in living out scripture, walking it out, living it out, carrying it out, moving from where we've been to someplace new, trusting God, trusting God for the the passion he wants to give you. You weren't designed to be a bump on a log. You weren't designed to just do your 40 hours of work a week, go there, come back, sit at home, check out in front of a TV, only to get up and do the same thing again. You were made by God to be fueled with a passion. He has it for you. Your life is not an accident. Your experiences are no mistake. He's designed you intentionally. He's at work for you to use you so that he might fill you with a passion so that you might be used by him to advance his kingdom. You won't find that if you're sitting in your recliner doing nothing. You'll find that if you're on your knees seeking God for everything. To walk it out. To walk it out. To live it out. Faith was never meant to be just a singular experience. If that's all you've got today, it's something that happened to you in the past. And there's nothing between that day and this day that's evidence that you have followed in faith what God is saying. You've got to question what in the world is going on. What am I doing? Can you imagine... Someone who said, I'm going to go to Disney World. And you said, great. Call me when you get there and tell me what that experience is like. And they go to Disney World. And they're driving down the road. And as they are entering in, the road where they get to pay their parking and they can see the castle in the distance. They pull over and they stop the car and they get out and they say, I'm here, I'm in Disney World. And they stay right there. They get a chair out of the trunk, get a little picnic out, and they sit down next to their car and say, whew. I'm in Disney World. And they call you. Hey, I'm here. I'm in Disney World. It's just amazing. And you say, really? Have you, have you been, have you ridden a ride yet? No, I, but I'm here. I'm here in Disney World. It's just incredible. It's, just, it's the most amazing thing. And you say, have you been up to the castle yet? Have you been up and walked? You know, there's a little thing you can walk right through. You can kind of see that you're under in the castle. Have you done that yet? No, but I'm in Disney World. I'm here. I'm really, I'm in Disney World. It's the most amazing thing. You say, have you been to one of the shows yet? They've got some really cool shows and experiences there. And they say, no, I, I haven't, but, but I'm, I'm sitting out here just inside the gate. And it's just amazing. I love Disney World. It's just the most amazing thing. And you say, I'm not sure you're really in Disney World. And they say, are you trying to tell me there's something wrong with my Disney experience? 
Are you trying to tell me that I'm not in Disney World? Are you trying to tell me that I don't love Disney? Well, if you think you got to Disney, but you hadn't experienced any of Disney, you may not be in Disney. If you think you're inside the faith and all you did was make a trip down an aisle one day, you got into some water one day, but there hadn't been any evidence in your life that you've experienced any of Christ, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the walking in obedience to him, I'm going to have to question, you may not be in Christ. Now, I get it. You may not have had someone disciple you. You may not have had anybody help you. That may be the case. If that is the case, you're hurting today. You're frustrated today. That's evidence that you're in, but you haven't grown. And the Bible calls us to walk. It calls us to movement. It calls us to enter in to so much more than just getting inside the gate. This word here for walk is actually the, the word that means to, to just move about with freedom and delight exploring. It's like if you bought some property, you would go to that property and you would get out on that property and you would start exploring. I wanna see what's in my property. I wanna see the trees. I wanna see the creek. I wanna see if there's a pond. I wanna see if there's any wildlife. I wanna see what's on my property. If you're in Jesus Christ, there ought to be something beating inside you that says, I wanna see. I wanna see all that's in Jesus. I wanna see more of what he's done for me. I want to see more of what he's accomplished. I want to walk this out. Amen? Hey, that's just the first word. Walk. Be active in living out script. This is how you boost your immune system. You walk. You walk in it. I told you we're going one word at a time. The second word, in. <laughs> You're getting nervous right about now, aren't you? Now, I'll take the last part as a big phrase. In. Paul said, walk in. Walk in a certain way. You know, you can tell a lot about a person by how they walk. You can tell what they're in by how they walk. Because everybody walks based on what they're in. It's true. If you see someone walking like this, you can tell what they're in. They're in sorrow. They're in sadness. They're in discouragement. They're in all I can see is what's right here. They're in, I'm not looking ahead to my future. They're all wrapped up in their pain, in their sorrow. You can tell a lot about a person about how they walk. If you see someone walking and they're walking like this, you know what they're in. They're in pain. They're not able to move like they were. There's something that's causing pain. 
to something that hurts. You can tell all about a person by the way that they walk. If they're walking in pain, if they're walking in discouragement, if you see someone walking like this, you want to stay away from that person for one. Because that person is all up in themselves, right? They're all up in an attitude. And it doesn't matter what you say to them at that point. You're probably going to get some of that attitude spilled over on you. So you can tell about a person by how they walk. You can tell what they're in. If someone is stumbling and falling and bleeding, you know they are in trouble. Something is wrong. I had a seventh grade teacher at George Peabody Elementary in Oak Cliff, Mr. Jackson. And Mr. Jackson did his best to teach us about life, not just academics. And he said, students, when you walk, you need to walk like you're going somewhere. Keep your head up and walk. Don't hang your head down. Don't swing your arms all goofy. He said, walk like you're going somewhere. If I see someone doing this, I can tell they're on a mission. They got a focus. They got a purpose. They're going somewhere. And Paul's about to unfold for us what we are to walk in. And it is a sense of purpose. It is in knowing God is for us. It is in knowing God is with us. You are called to walk in who you are in him and in the awareness that he is with you. Now, what you walk in is going to determine your ability to strengthen your immune system. I'm coming back to that. How you walk is going to determine the strength of your immune system. You have another part of your body that God has designed called the uh, sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is responsible for that fight or flight mode that kicks in. You know what I'm talking about? You know, and all of a sudden you sense, you believe there's danger in a certain situation. When you believe there's danger, your sympathetic nervous system kicks in to fight or flight mode. And in that moment, you're going to fight your way out of it or you're going to run from the danger. And your body, your physical body, responds. It helps you in that process. It does an amazing thing. I'll say it again. It did not evolve. It was designed by God. God designed you so that when you believe there's danger, your blood pressure rises, your heart rate rises, your sweat glands begin to function. Instead of breathing through your nose, you start breathing through your mouth because you need to take in volumes of oxygen. It also diverts energy away from your digestive system. Did you know that? That's why when you get nervous, you find it hard to eat sometimes because it is in fight or flight mode. So it diverts energy away from certain parts of the body. One of those is, is the digestive system. Another one of those is your body's healing system. 
Because in fight or flight mode, that's not the time the body needs to be healing. In fight or flight mode, the body needs to be fleeing. The body needs to be fighting. And so it diverts all the energy toward those ends. That's a great thing. It's an awesome thing. Because if if I'm in danger and I sense it in what I believe, I want my body to respond for me and help me in the process. Amen? Fight or flight is great. But you and I, listen to me, we're never called to live in fight or flight. You and I were called to live in Christ at rest. Did you know when your body heals itself? It's when your body knows it's at rest. That's when the sympathetic nervous system says, hey, it's all calm now. Let the healing begin. For us, spiritually, if you stay stressed, anxious, nervous all the time, you are telling your soul and your body, fight or flight, fight or flight, get ready. And sadly, even Christians live like that. They're always in fight or flight mode. They can't ever get to a place of, But rest is when your soul heals. Rest is when your body heals. It's why in Psalm 23, David wrote and said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. What does he say next? And he restores my soul. Restoring, healing happens when you're at rest. That's why the Bible tells us, fear not, be anxious for nothing. If you stay stressed, if you stay on edge, your soul can't heal from the diseases that plague you. Your immune system spiritually will be weak. You'll carry around things that you've had for a long time. You're still carrying that hurt of what your dad said to you, what your mom did to you, what the coworker said about you, how you lost your job, how you lost that money. You carry that stuff and your body stays in fight or flight mode and your soul stays in fight or flight mode. mode and Jesus says, I have forgiven you. It's time for you to forgive and be at peace now. In this, walk. Walk in the confidence of peace with God. This will bring healing to your spiritual body. This will heal those hurts, those wounds, those resentments, those bitternesses that you've carried. But they won't heal if you're never at rest. Fight or flight is good, but it's not how we were designed to live. Walk, rest in the peace, and then the next part of this verse, he says, walk in the spirit. Now the word for spirit is breath. Walk in the breath of God that has been breathed into you. 
Breathe in what he has breathed out. Breathe it all in, in a new rhythm. Breathe in this new life. Stop walking the way you did in the past. Stop walking in what others tell you you have to be. Stop walking and listening to the voice of the enemy. Stop walking as though you somehow are different and can't experience the goodness of God. Stop believing that. Stop believing that you can't overcome temptation. It's a funny thing we do in this talk in our head that happens. What you believe will be the conversation that you have. And if you keep believing and telling yourself, I can never overcome that temptation in my life. I can never walk in victory. I could never have the faith that that person has. I could never be blessed by God. I could never overcome like some other people overcome. I can never be free of what I've walked in. I could never get past the hurt that was given to me. I could never forgive them for what they do. You know what you're doing in that moment? You are owning all of that as though it is you. You're, you're putting it on like it's your garment that you have to wear. You're owning it like this is me. And what you're doing in that moment is also saying, I couldn't be blessed. I just have to walk in this curse. I can't be free from that temptation. I just have to be a slave to it. If you want your immune system to be strong, you're going to have to walk in the spirit and not in your old defeat. You're going to have to start saying, I have been made an overcomer in Christ. I am not going to live a slave to sin anymore. Now we're talking. Now you're owning who you really are. Now you're identifying as what God has made you. But so many Christians walk with faith that looks like, I could never overcome sin. I'm just trying hard. Oh, it's Sunday. Hi, everybody. Um, Monday. I can never overcome. My life's just terrible. No one else's life is like my life. My life's too hard. My life sucks. My life, on and on and on it goes. If that's how you walk, that's how you live. The walk you've got will determine the direction of your life. And Paul says, walk in the Spirit. Walk with purpose. God has rescued me. God has redeemed me. God has a purpose for my life. I'm not going to be a slave of sin anymore. I'm not going to walk in the way I used to walk anymore. I'm going to be an overcomer. If that is the way you walk, you will become victorious. You'll walk in new victory. But so many don't walk that way. It's time you and I walk in the breath of God. What he has breathed out. When he says to you, you are my child, walk in that. When he says, I've made you the righteousness of God in Christ, walk in that. When he says, I have set you apart and called you holy, walk in that. Don't let your circumstances tell you whether you're holy or not. Let God tell you whether you're holy or not. And if you're in Jesus Christ, he's made you holy. And if you don't believe that, you'll never be able to walk it. 
If you think I've got to somehow try to be holy before I can be holy, you've got it all backwards. When you recognize he's made you holy, then you'll have the strength to walk in holiness. That's where the enemy is doing overtime on us. Because we've somehow believed that our status with God is based on what we do. I got to be righteous enough, holy enough, try harder, try harder. I can't, I'm miserable, I'm terrible. Of course, I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Not by my works, but by what he's done for me. You put that on, you start wearing that, you'll start, you'll start changing how you live. You won't walk like you used to walk. Your head will come up and you'll start moving forward and you'll find new success in your life. You start realizing that you're an ambassador for Christ. You start recognizing you've been made a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You start recognizing you've been predestined by God for a purpose. You start recognizing that you're not just seated here at 3333 O'Villa Road, but you're seated in, with him in heavenlies today. That's where you are. That'll change you. You start recognizing that blessing is not what's in your bank account or what in your, what's in your driveway. Blessing is what you've received in Jesus Christ. And that's every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, he says, you and I have received. When you understand that, then you'll start walking in victory. Walk in the Spirit. Own that. Don't distance yourself from that. Own that. Breathe in that the cross has forgiveness for you. Breathe in that the empty tomb, empty tomb speaks peace to you. Breathe in that the Spirit of God speaks to you. Breathe in that the voice of God is, is speaking to you. Breathe in that God has a purpose for your life. When you breathe all of that in, then you'll be walking in the Spirit, in the breath. Now, we'll take the last part of this verse as one big old piece. Because he says, if you will walk... And you'll do it in the spirit. Here's what's going to happen. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will boost your spiritual immune system. Now, let's be careful about this verse. It says, and you shall not fulfill, yield to, give in. Complete what the flesh is wanting. Doesn't mean you won't sense it. Doesn't mean you won't be tempted by it. In fact, you will. You'll hear its urges and you'll all of a sudden say, I recognize your voice. Get out of here. I'm not listening to you anymore. You're the flesh. You're who I used to be. You're what I used to do. You're the old patterns. You're the old way of thinking. I've had a new breath breathe into me and you don't even belong here anymore. You'll boost your immune system. You see, the flesh, that's old you. That's you before you came to Christ. That's the old desires. That's the old urges. Those are all the urges that are opposed to God. Those are all the urges that are self-protecting and self-exalting and self-pleasure-seeking. Those are all of the things that Jesus actually came to free you from. You know that's what saved means, right? That's what he came to save you from. He didn't come to just 
save you in the sense of, here's your ticket to heaven. See you when you get here. No, he came to free you from your sin, your patterns, your flesh. He came to free you, save you from that. The flesh wants to get its own way. The flesh is the one that you get into that discussion with your spouse and all of a sudden you just can't let them win. Hello. Am I the only one that recognizes that in, my, in me, right? Okay, yeah. All right. It's me and Brad. So, um, I mean, that's what Janice said. So, no, no, I'm, I'm teasing. Hey, that's all of us. That part of you that wants to get its own way, that's your flesh. That part of you that always wants to be right, that's your flesh. Uh, that part of you that never wants to humble itself and admit that you failed, that's your flesh. That part of you that wants to lash out in anger, flesh. That part of you that wants to get revenge on people, flesh. That part of you that doesn't want to trust God but kind of hangs out in the room of fear instead, flesh. That part of you that wants to isolate and be insecure and pull away, that's your flesh. That part of you that wants to find comfort in pleasure, that's your flesh. That part of you that wants to medicate itself with alcohol, that's your flesh. That part of you that wants to lose itself in pornography, that's your flesh. That part of you that wants to find greater delight and worth in the things that you can go buy at the store, that's your flesh. That part of you that wants to eat a little bit more so you can feel a little bit better about yourself, that's your flesh. I'm calling that guy out today. It's time that he doesn't get to win anymore in us. He's your appetites. He's your urges. He's the one that you, you grew up used to listening to. And the day that you were saved, a new spirit came into you. The breath of God was breathed into you. And you became under new ownership that day. And you don't have to keep listening to that old man anymore. You don't have to keep listening to those urges. And just because he wants you to get mad, just because he wants you to say some ugly stuff, just because he wants you to throw something, just because he wants you to eat something, drink something, buy something, go somewhere, get with the wrong people, just because he says it doesn't mean you have to do it. Walk in the spirit and you won't give in to that old guy. You've been wired anew. You don't have to listen to that voice anymore. Don't say, I can't help it. Don't say, I'm just wired that way. Don't say, that's just who I am. That's not who you are anymore if you're in Jesus Christ. Speak truth. Recognize his lusts. You were made to walk in victory. You're made to walk in hope. Let me just put out a few more examples out here. You see, when you walk in the flesh, you always want to get your way. I recognize this. When you're walking in the flesh, you can't let someone else be right. You got to have the last word. You got to make that last dig. You got to you got to pull back that memory about that thing that you know about that person and just, just, just one more time. That's your flesh. 
You just can't let somebody have the last word. You can't let them off the hook. You can't let them get what you think you actually deserve. And the flesh says, go ahead, get angry. Tell them off. Show them who's boss. Hurt them. Make them pay. But if you walk in the Spirit, you don't have to always be right. Because your rightness comes from Jesus. And when you're right with Him, you're okay with somebody else thinking they're right and walking away in humility. You're okay with being gracious to someone else. You're okay with forgiving someone else. You're okay with sacrificing, laying down your pride, laying down your way. Because you know that there's greater strength in your weakness than there is in your arrogance. And you find that God ends up blessing those who choose to go last instead of first. It's walking in the Spirit. When you walk in the flesh, you look for your acceptance in people. That's your flesh. You recognize that. That's you wanting to look good to others. And when you do that, you all of a sudden become consumed with what other people think about you. And so you worry. You worry about how you look. You worry about what you said. You worry about what you do. And you worry about what everybody else thinks about you. You can't enjoy even being around a group of people because you're so consumed with, I wonder what they think about me. I wonder what they think about me. Man, I hope they like me. I hope this person likes me. You're consumed with it. Pretty soon you've lost your navigation system because you can't even tell what's right anymore. Because right to you is making them all happy. And if this group says, hey, come with us. We're going to go do some stuff that you don't normally do. And you say, well, I want them to like me, so let's go. And you end up talking like this group, doing like this group, and later regretting it. Because you traded conviction for the crowd. Because you were consumed with what they thought about you. Your flesh and looking good was more important than being good that you've been called to. You see the difference between walking in the spirit and walking in the flesh. If you walk in the spirit, however, you get around a group of people and you're not worried about what they think about you. You're worried about do they know Jesus Christ? And all of a sudden, that changes some things because now you want to talk so that they know Jesus Christ. You want to have attitudes that reflect Jesus Christ. You want to do actions that reflect Jesus Christ. And if they say, let's go here, you say, I'm not going there because that's not what Jesus would have me do. And you stop being drug around by the crowd. 
You stop being influenced by people, and pretty soon a fascinating thing happens. They get to the end of their rope, they turn around and say, hey, uh, why is it about your life that's so different? How come you are at peace and you have confidence and you have joy, and all of a sudden, you become the influencer? Because God uses those who live out their faith. That's the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. One more. Walking in the flesh makes me listen to every appetite I've got. Every appetite for anger, every appetite for fear, every appetite for depression, every appetite for food, every appetite for alcohol, every one of those urges and appetites, the flesh says, hey, let's go get some of that. Because then we'll feel better about ourselves. Every appetite that says, let's watch this show. Let's go to this place. Because it makes me feel a certain way. That's giving in to your flesh. That's you letting it reign your life. But if you say instead, flesh, you know what? The day I accepted Jesus into my life, I became everything that he is. And he died for me so that my old man is crucified. So I don't know why you're talking to me. You're dead. You're dead to me. I'm alive now to him. I'm not going to listen to you old urges and wants and desires. I'm going to listen to the Spirit of God and what he has to say to me. And when he calls me to walk away from some habits and some patterns and some ways of living and some thought processes and some attitudes that have enslaved me, I step up and say, I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to walk in who I am in the spirit. When you do, you will boost your immune system and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You'll find yourself less of a slave, less giving in to temptation, less sin, and more obedience, more faith, more life, more change. How's your immune system today? What's different about your life today than who you were? Have you gotten stuck? Is there really not anything different in your life? Maybe it's time today to say, God, I stopped walking. I found a good old recliner and I've just been sitting in it. But not anymore. I'm ready to walk into all that you have for me. I'm ready to get up and move. And God, I've been listening to me too long. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to walk in who you say I am. Would you bow your heads with me? 
Father, today I'm grateful that you still speak. That where there has been sin and stubbornness, you offer great grace and forgiveness and hope. You offer life. You offer the newness of life. And you offer the hope of the gospel that changes us, that moves us forward, that makes us more like your son. And today, we admit we haven't been walking. We haven't been breathing. We haven't been breathing in deeply what you have breathed out for us. So today, as your church, we will walk in the Spirit. We'll walk in change. We'll walk in great confidence. You are with us. You are for us. You are working in us. You're changing us. You're conforming us to the image of your Son. You're making us new. We'll walk in that. We'll no longer listen to the flesh who seeks to destroy and take us backwards. Instead, we'll see him as crucified, as our old man, and we'll walk in a newness of life. I thank you that you call us out of the darkness and into the light. I thank you that you call us out of the old and into the new. I think that you call us out of our own flesh and you call us into faith and we will do that as your people today, Father. We'll rejoice in your goodness for you have been good to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.